With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GolfUnfiltered, and you can get in touch with me over email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com. Before I go any further, I have been terrible with doing a little (laughs) self-promotion. If you guys could do me a huge favor, go out to iTunes and leave us a star rating, and if you feel so inclined, leave us a review as well. That helps us out a whole bunch. There's a ton of different golf podcasts out there, which is uh, both a good and a bad thing. It's good in that there's a nice, uh, you know, just... A lot of different flavors that you have to choose from, but it's also bad for us because we might get lost in the shuffle sometimes. So if you like the show, if you love the guests that we bring on and you like what we do, go out. It'd be much appreciated if you leave us a rating. Okay, with that out of the way, I'll try to do a better job with that in the future. I want to say welcome back. Very excited to have on today's guest, Mr. T.J. Eau Claire. He is the director of content at a new, newer website, thecaddynetwork.com. Now, those of you who are a close follower of mine on Twitter know that I also help contribute to the Caddy Network once a week. I do a quick little piece on some of the social uh, chatters uh, that goes on uh, from caddies, professional caddies on the PGA Tour. And it's a lot of fun to do it. But I got to say that the website is so much more than that. And TJ and I talk a lot about some of the features that you can uh, look at and read on the website, as well as some of the partners from the caddy sphere. Is that a word? I just made it up, I think, for today's show. That uh, he has partnered with many of these these uh, professional caddies, and reception has been very positive. So we got a great conversation for you uh, today with TJ. Before we get into the conversation, our regular shout-outs to the folks that help make this podcast possible. First and foremost, thehackersparadise.com. Hello to all of you if you're listening to this on their mobile app. Hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Strixon Golf. You guys know I'm playing their equipment throughout 2019. There's been a lot of chatter of new equipment on social these days. A lot of big names are putting out some new clubs, but I gotta say, perfectly happy with, with Strixon and Cleveland. They are right there, if not better than a lot of the stuff that is uh, being released right now. So be sure to check out all their lines. And of course, uh, last but not least, our friends over at BudgetGolf.com. Go out and check out their website and all the great deals that they have every single day. All right, that's enough chat, and let's get to the interview with Mr. TJ O'Claire, Director of Content over at TheCaddyNetwork.com. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
And welcome back, folks. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I am very excited to welcome Mr. T.J. O'Claire, Director of Content at the Caddy Network. T.J., thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. I understand you were uh, chasing around uh, your two kids after the holiday season. Is that right? That's right, Adam. Thanks so much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, I've got a four- and a two-year-old, and it, it's a blast. So, you know, still still getting into all the Christmas toys and all that. So, it's uh, it's tiring, but it is the most fun you'll ever have in your life. Now, TJ, you and I are going to talk a lot about the Caddy Network. And listeners, the website we're talking about, if you've not heard of it already, is thecaddynetwork.com. But before we get into that, you know, you are certainly no stranger to the game of golf. Why don't you give us a little background as to how you got involved in the game and the media side of it specifically? Sure, yeah. Well, you know, I, I grew up playing a bunch of sports, and my father was actually a, a sportscaster while I was growing up. So he spent most of my early years on the road. Um, to this day, he's my best friend. Talked to him every day. It never felt like he was gone. And whenever I had breaks from school, I'd have the opportunity to go with him on the road to, to many of these sporting events. And he made a decision in 1996 that most of his friends thought he was crazy for making. He said that you know, he was tired of covering all sports because of some of the, the personalities he had to deal with in the team sports and not dealing with the brightest guys in the world. And he said, you know, I'm going to cover the PGA Tour full time. And everybody said, you know, you're nuts. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a guy named Tiger Woods turns pro and the rest is history. So my dad actually owned a website called InsideTheRopes.com uh, that covered golf exclusively. Mm-hmm. He was the PGA Tour's Ironman for several years. I think he went something like might have been eight or so years without missing a single event. Um, and then I really got into it because of that. You know, we'd play golf when he was home. I would play all summer when he was on the road. But then um, once I went to college at the University of Rhode Island, I kind of decided I wanted to take the journalism path, kind of follow in his footsteps. And whenever I had breaks from school, whether it was a summer break or a spring break, I would hit the road with him. And usually spring break was around Bay Hill. So I'd be down in Florida with him. Uh, and then, spend the entire summer on the road traveling to the U.S. Open, the British Open, the PGA Championship. Took time out of school to go to a couple of Ryder Cups with him and uh, went to work for him right out of school. And I just, quite frankly, got tired of the grind. We were on the road 43 weeks a year. Hmm. Um, so I lasted about three years doing that. And then an opportunity came up over at Turner Sports down in Atlanta, and they've produced the PGA uh, website for several years now, uh, actually dating back to 2003. And I was hired on as a junior editor and writer there and pretty much stayed there from 2006 just until this past June when the opportunity came up with the Caddy Network. So uh, I've covered over 70 major championships uh, since, shoot, I guess my first major was the 1997 PGA, which was a pretty cool one over at Winged Foot with the rainbow and everything when Davis Love won. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome ever since. You know, I've had uh, – probably 13 or 14 open championships same with the masters bunch of pga championships and Ryder cups so it's uh it's been quite the experience one of the coolest things about your journey that at least i think is one of the coolest things is the fact that you got to see all of that from inside the ropes and you got to see all of that from a journalism standpoint and most guys who go out and are in that position to do so and there are far fewer these days uh, as I'm sure you'll agree, you know, there's only a handful that actually go inside the ropes these days, but they all go to cover the players. And when you have this opportunity to start your own website, thecaddynetwork.com, 
you guys are focusing on the partners of the players. What what kind of led to that angle or, or that focus for the website? You know, it was, it was very interesting. Back in May of this year, of this past year, uh, I was out at the Senior PGA Championship in Benton Harbor, Michigan, and I, I got a note out of the blue from a friend in the golf business who said, you know, there's this new venture starting up called the Caddy Network. The guys that are behind it helped start the For the Win blog on USA Today. They're bright oh, guys okay. and, and investors. So he said, uh, you know, they want to tell stories from the perspective of the caddies, and they've partnered with the APTC, which is the Association of Professional Tour Caddies, who has uh, 140 members. So all those guys were on the PGA Tour. So he said they're looking to launch this website in July. They need a director of content. I've given them your name. They'll probably be reaching out. So sure enough, a couple of days later while I was there, I, I got a call, and, and these guys, John Von Stoddy and Merrill Squires, the two uh, the co-founders of the Caddy Network, they reached out and explained pretty much what, what my friend had sent me and said, you know, we're, we've done our homework and we'd be interested in hiring you, which was really cool to me because, uh, you know, I've I've had a, a long career so far. I mean, I, I'm only 38 years old, but I've done this, uh, you know, for almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was pretty cool, you know, not having to submit a resume or anything like that. It was kind of <laughs> if you want the job, it's yours. So, you know, I had some thinking to do just because uh, I, I loved my time at Turner Sports, except, uh, you know, as we got news, I guess it was probably around the fall now, that PGA deal with Turner was expiring at the end of 2019. So I was sort of in a position where, you know, if I didn't make a decision for myself, I feared that the decision was going to be made for me because Turner was not going to retain the PGA of America. So. Um, you know, I figured if there was ever a chance in my career to kind of, you know, take a chance, this might be it and see where it goes. So uh, that's exactly what I did. Um, Turner has been fantastic to me since I left. You know, they, they still would like to, to have me work their events just as I have in the past. And then they were also kind enough after I broke the news to them to let my last assignment be the PGA Professional National Championship out in Monterey. So my last week of Turner, uh, last week for Turner, I was able to go out there for that over at Bayonet Black Horse, played Spyglass, Spanish Bay, and Pasa Tiempo. I don't think it gets any better than that for your swan song, does it? So I was going to say uh, that's a pretty, yeah. that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so that worked out great. And then uh, you know, a few days later, I was over in Stamford, Connecticut. That's where the headquarters are, about two and a half hour drive from my home. And uh, the rest is history. And now it's a completely different perspective. As you mentioned, you know, I, I spent the career kind of telling stories about players covering the beat stuff that everybody else does. And now I have this, this new baby of mine where I get to tell these stories that hopefully people have never heard before. And from the perspective of the guys who have the front row seats, the best players in the world day in and day out. And I'm not going to lie at first, it was a little bit of a, a nerve wracking decision because as you know, as someone who's invested in golf, there are probably only three guys in the world that the fans are interested in reading about and, you know, following. So I thought to myself, if that's the case with the players, who the hell is going to care about the caddies? Right. right. But then you start to hear some of these stories and you get the background and there's just, there's so many characters. It's so much fun. You don't have to deal with agents. You don't have to deal with coaches and trainers and this and that on the range. You just go directly to the guy and, and it's been uh, to this point, the best decision I've ever made for myself career-wise. You know, you talk a lot about the different types of characters, and followers of both of us on Twitter know that we speak 
pretty uh, frequently, uh, at least in the social media world, with these caddies. And when you talk about the people that are, are the caddies that are involved uh, as your partners, we're, we're talking about the names that everybody knows. Michael Greller, Damon Green, Tim Mickelson, Phil's brother, you know, Jimmy Johnson, the caddy of, of Justin Thomas. And then, of course, Paul Tesori, who always has a plethora of great content on social. But there was a recent story uh, not too long ago about his other life, you can say, you know, his interests as a musician. And I think that speaks a lot to the types of stories that you were referring to that the Caddy Network brings. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the musician story, that's actually John Wood, who caddies for oh, Matt my, Kuchar now. That's but, right, that's right. No, that's okay, but he, he wrote the song about Paul Tesori's son Isaiah, which was awesome. But yeah, it was, you know, you look at a guy like John Wood, and we're so used to seeing him, you know, for, with Hunter Mahan for a long time, and then just recently in the last three or four years with Matt Kuchar. But, um, you know, he was one of those caddies who had the trial run on Golf Channel with, uh, with Bones before Bones got the commentary job. He and John Wood both did an audition at one point. He's known as one of the most insightful caddies on tour. Hmm. And then to kind of just learn about how he had this whole other part of his life that nobody really knew about with the music, uh, it was just a lot of fun to me. I mean, when he goes home, he said he gets up at 6 o'clock in the morning, grabs his coffee, and spends five hours in a room just jamming out on his, his guitar. Uh, so, you know, I, I found that real interesting. And, uh you know, Paul Tesori with all the work that he does for charity, you hear so much about what the PGA Tour does for charity, but then you see a guy like Tesori who's a caddy and, and he's doing just as much. Or, you know, just over the holidays, we had the story of Terry Walker, the caddy for Andrew Landry. They had a girl that uh, they supported who was a patient at St. Jude Hospital and uh, unfortunately at four years old, lost her battle to cancer. And uh, Terry did this fundraising effort for St. Jude over the summer and there was a gift at the end for the caddy who raised the most money for their cause. And Terry decided that when he signed up for it, he was going to do it for this girl. Her name was Austin Halter. And uh, in her memory, that's who he was going to raise the money for. And it turned out that Terry won raising $13,000 and the next closest caddy was around three grand. And that's nothing against the other caddies. I mean, raising money for a great cause, it doesn't matter how much, right? It's a great thing. Mm -hmm. But for the winning caddy, there was a cruise on, on the line, uh, the Carnival Cruise. Anywhere in the world, you pick the port, they take care of the trip. And when Terry won, he told Andrew Landry, he said, you know what we got to do, boss? We got to go to the parents of Austin and give them this cruise. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's certainly not going to, to bring their daughter back, but they've had such a tough year. So Terry was able to go down there to Texas with Andrew, present the gift to the parents, and it was this incredibly emotional day for them. They actually met at the gravesite of the daughter, which wow. gives me chills just saying it. And then Terry just wrote a beautiful story for us about the whole experience. And again, that's that's something you're probably not going to hear about otherwise without something like the Caddy Network. You know, it's interesting because stories like that are really hot right now. And, and what I mean by that, uh, TJ, is the fact that you think of other publications, competing websites, for example, you know, I'm, I'm talking of names <clears> like, you know, the Golfer's Journal is a good example, where they talk and they write these stories and they publish these stories that are, go so much deeper than the game of golf, but they use the game as kind of the 
the connection that everyone has to to uh, you know peak interest into this story and and that's something that the caddy network is doing as well because as you just outlined you know we've got caddies that are on television just as much as these players every single week and they've got these lives that everyone needs to know about and in some cases they're doing these amazing charitable things such as the example you just outlined that people should know a little bit more about I, I totally agree, Adam. And, you know, w- one of the coolest things that I thought Terry brought to the table with that whole story is he could not emphasize enough. And, and it was it was great going through the process of, of editing the story for Terry. But one thing he kept coming back to was, listen, I don't want it to come off as if I'm doing anything special by giving this family the cruise because any other caddy on tour would do the same exact thing. Hmm. And I, I think that just speaks to the charitable na- uh, nature of, of those guys, you know. It's not just the players that are making millions of dollars week in and week out on tour. It's the caddies, too, who, as you know, unless you're the caddying for a top 20 guy in the world, it's probably not the most glamorous life in the world. I mean, sure, you go from vacation spot to vacation spot week in and week out, but you're not on vacation. And unless your guy has a really good week, you're probably not making a lot of money. So right. it's uh, it just has opened my eyes to another part of, of the golf world that, you know, quite frankly, I hadn't had much interest in before, and now I'm kind of obsessed with it. I just keep trying to find the next caddy who has that great story, and there are so many of them. One of the taglines of the Caddy Network is that it offers that fresh perspective that we haven't seen before. And, you know, while there are some outstanding in-depth stories and emotional stories, such as the ones that you described, there are other segments throughout the website as well. I mean, we're talking about some really fun stuff like NFL picks, for example. I know the season's winding down, but you get NFL picks from many of the caddies. Uh, I help out a little bit with uh, with a weekly piece where we scour social media to find some of the fun things that they're putting out. So there's a pretty good variety on, on the website, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we, we try to keep it funny. You do a, a great job with that Monday piece, finding the social stuff, which, again, I think is a lot of fun, whether it's, Kevin Nas, Caddy Kenny Harm, loves to do his pizza reviews, which I find hilarious. <laughs> As do uh, I. I just love the, the, the pizza slice slam every time, which is great. <laughs> um, you, you know, fun stuff. And then you mentioned the NFL picks, and i got to be honest with you. I had, uh, you know, when, I fir- when we first launched the site July 9th, I'm trying to come up with these ideas. What are some weekly staples that we can have? So one of them was the caddy line where each week we have three caddies pick three players that they think are going to win the event and give us the reason why. But then you mentioned the NFL picks and it all started really with two caddies, Nick Huey and uh, Joe Scavron, Joe caddies for Ricky Fowler, obviously. And, Mm. uh, you know, Joe was doing a great job getting the picks in. And he said, you know, can we get more caddies involved? And I said, you know, Joe, I've really tried, but we're so new. I feel like these guys are kind of taking the approach that they want to see other guys do it first and then they'll help if they can. So Joe said, TJ, forget about that. Give me five minutes. He shoots <laughs> off an email to, to Justin York, who caddies for Ches Revy, and Mark Urbanic, who, who caddies for James Hahn. He said, these guys are both football nuts. And he said, guys, and it was so funny. It was just like the veteran of a baseball team talking to the rookies. He said, guys, look. We need help with these NFL picks because I'm doing them myself right now. You're doing it. Get TJ your picks by 5 o'clock on Thursday. End of story. I don't want to hear why you can't do it. Within two hours, both guys had sent in their picks, and it has seriously become like this. You should see the email chain that the four of us have each week with the smack talk going on. Ur- Urbanic is the best at it, you know, just 
whether he's going five and zero, you know, the guys that nicknamed him Jimmy the Greek and everything. It's, just, <laughs> it's so much fun. So it's just it's become kind of this this ball busting thing amongst yeah. friends. But they're giving everybody the inside look at, at that, you know, which I love. That's what I wanted it to be. So, uh, yeah, we, we try to do as much of that fun stuff as possible. You know, and that kind of touches on another question I wanted to bring up was how has reception been from other caddies? You just mentioned that it's been obviously really good for Jimmy the Greek <laughs> and, and for the <laughs> no, NFL picks. Been... But I'm sure you've gotten a yeah. lot of feedback. Yeah, no, we have. You know, and I mean, I think we're we're at a stage right now where – we're trying all different kinds of new things. So if you see our social media accounts, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you know, we've got this caddy karaoke thing that we did. We sent the video crew out to Vegas and had uh, Hannah Gregg, who uh, is an Instagram personality. She goes out there and conducted interviews for us, but then we got guys in a car, kind of like James Corden, you know, doing yep. the, the car karaoke and just fun stuff like that. But it just, it creates this banter amongst the caddies, whether it's uh Wayne Birch, who caddies for Troy Merritt, talking about his nickname, Drano Wayno, because he makes everybody look sad. And then guys kind of giving him a hard time on social media about it. You know, it just, it really, uh, I, I just think we're getting this, this perspective and kind of this banter from the caddies that you're not going to see with players because they can be more laid back. They can show their personality more. There aren't so many, uh, you know, so many fences that they have to worry about, you know, kind of hopping over and, and pissing anybody off. So it, it has been a lot of fun trying all this new stuff. And I'll tell you what, I'd say for every one complaint we get from a caddy and, and those complaints don't come off and there are 99 compliments hmm. and, you know, 99 guys want to know what they can do to help. So that right now is making my life much easier because instead of having to go out and find all the content, I'll have guys shooting me notes to let me know what's going on. You know, for instance, uh, and I'm sorry if I keep going on these tangents, no, but I'm please, excited please. About, uh, about the site. But, you know, for instance, I got a a call, I would say it might have been 8 o'clock in the morning from a caddy. This was at the beginning of December. And he said, listen, nobody knows this yet, but uh, Zach Johnson fired Damon Green. Oh, wow. And he said, uh, he said, you know, I just want to let you know nobody really knows right now because we're not playing any golf. So it's not like people are seeing Zach at an event with another caddy. But he said, you know, I think that that's something you probably want to get out there. And just to show you kind of the brotherhood that's out there, this caddy's concern wasn't so much that Damon wasn't with Zach anymore, but he was concerned with the fact that, you know, hey, Damon still wants to work, mm. and nobody's going to know that he doesn't have a bag right now unless somebody gets the news out. So he said, you know, we should probably have that on Caddy Network. So, you know – I kind of I did my due diligence, made a couple calls. We wanted to make sure that that was something that Damon's comfortable with, you know, because at the end of the day, the caddies are our partners. I don't want to do anything to put him in a bad spot. Right. And as luck would have it, one of our contributors, Craig Gulch, who spent a number of years at the Palm Beach Post, uh, wrote for us at PGA.com and has done tons of freelance work for Golf Week, Golf World, Golf Digest, happens to be a very good friend of Damon Green. So he was my first call after I got the call from this caddy. And I said, Craig, you know, you think you could reach out to Damon and kind of find out what the story is and if he's comfortable getting a story out there. So Craig immediately jumped on the horn. Uh, you know, Damon said he just kind of wanted a couple of days to, to think it over, you know, how he wanted to approach it because he certainly didn't want to burn any bridges. They had tremendous run together, 15 years, 11 wins, including two majors. 
So, you know, he agreed to get the story out we did, and that was really, I think, our first story that kind of took off like wildfire. And mm-hmm. then uh, so much so that a week later, another caddy called and said, hey, by the way, I don't know if you know, but Ollie Snyder Jens has hired Damon to start 2019. <laughs> so and that was another story that we were able to break. So I would say December, which is usually a quiet time for most golf websites, had to have been our best month yet just because of the breaking news and the trust that we've been able to build with the caddies and they know that we're, you know, we're there to, to promote them, to advocate for them and to get good news out on them. So, um, you know, I'm hoping we have more, more of that going forward, not necessarily guys losing jobs, looking for a bag, but just that trust where if somebody knows something interesting is going on with a fellow caddy, they think of the caddy network first to kind of put that news out there. And you hit the nail on the head with using the word trust. I mean, I've been doing this for over 15 years now and the, the, the scope and just the neighborhood, I guess I could say of people who know one another, it's such a small world. And so if you're able to, to make a positive connection with one guy in the golf world and that person tells another person, and then in situations like you just described where you can help each other out for a very important purpose to find this guy a job, you know, that that's just incredible to me. And the fact that, you know, caddies are, are, are building or you're building that trust with caddies. They're, they're, not only reading the site, but they're contributing to it. It sounds to me like things are going in the right direction for you. Oh, they are for sure. You know, one thing that I learned very early on, you know, I kind of would butt heads with my dad all the time. I would venture to guess that in my dad's prime out covering the tour, there was probably no member of the media that was closer to Tiger Woods than him. He would get him for Mm -hmm. one-on-one interviews all the time. They had dinners together. And I would always tell my dad, you know, what you're doing is messed up. And he'd say, what do you mean? And I'd say, it's so unethical. You can't have relationships with the people that you cover, you know. And then I got to realize quickly that if you want to get any kind of news, you want to break any kind of stories, you have to have relationships. You have to be able to foster those relationships. And let's face it, sports, golf, that's the toy department of life, right? I mean, we're not talking about life and death. We're not talking about politics it's important to, to have those relationships and that's how you get stuff done. It's, it works that way in a lot of industries as I'm sure. It sure does. <laughs> you, you know, know that you, too. You're that young, young whippersnapper out of college who thinks he knows everything. And then you find out pretty quickly that uh, once you have some of that real world experience, things are maybe a little different than what the books say. Amen to that. Well, listeners, once again, <laughs> the, the website is uh, thecaddynetwork.com. We were, we've been speaking with TJ O'Claire, the director of content over at the Caddy Network. TJ, last question for you. Where is the Caddy Network going in your mind? Where do you want it to go? What's that pinnacle that you want to reach? And if you reach it, you know, hey, we really did something great here. To me, I think we reach a level where we're sort of a player's tribune type site for caddies. We have the caddies telling the story from, you know, from the horse's mouth. They're the ones writing. They're the ones letting us know what's going on. And I think, I think that way, you know, we kind of develop a fan base for caddies. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm not disillusioned. I know that we have probably three golfers in the world that people care to follow on a daily basis. They want to know everything that's going on. But I also think that from a caddy perspective, the more that fans hear these unique stories and stuff like Terry Walker and what he did for charity, you know, stuff like uh, like Damon Green, you know, being out of a job and getting one right away. I think that's going to resonate with people. I hope it is. I mean, that, that's certainly my hope. And it, it just gets to a point where 
these caddies are household names because they're not just out there carrying luggage. There's so much that they do that people don't realize. And uh, to me, I I just want to be a champion for the caddies now. I want to make sure that people know what an integral part of the team they are when it comes to these guys that went on tour. Well, you know you've got a lot of support from us here at Golf and Filter, and I'm happy to help out however I can. And let's you and I grab a beer down in Orlando at the show. I can't wait, Adam. Thanks so much for having me on again. 